Wonderful weather, isn't it? <laughs> I thought the most amazing thing about the windstorm was not that it blew so hard and so many things went down, but that there was anything left. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and you think everything must be flattened, but actually, nearly everything is still quite all right. Get one closer to the microphone. Get it closer to me? Yes. How's that? Maybe Better. Closer Even closer. <laughs> Intimate. In a way, our practice is all about mind, isn't it? Um, or mind-body, or body-mind. It's a, an incarnational practice, but it's a practice of bringing mind and body um, into alignment, you could say. In meditation, the mind is all-inclusive. If someone comes late and we hear the door, or someone's banging outside, um, or the blue jays are yelling in the trees, that's all a part of our meditation. We accept it. Um, it, it, it lives in our belly. I always think our, the sounds that we hear in sitting all, all are heard down here somewhere, deep, deep inside us. And always the question is, what, is, what happens when we, what is it when we stand up and start moving around and driving the car and um, answering back? Often then the mind um, creates all kinds of very fancy distinctions about what we like and what we don't like. Somewhere it's said that our attachments and thus our dismay um, comes because we're always trying to maintain what we like or um, make things better. Our whole society is based on, on this kind of mind, on the principle of dissatisfaction. We're supposed to be dissatisfied with, um, if not our life, then our self. And with that dissatisfaction, we can be promised that if we just get the right kind of toothpaste or shampoo, that we'll be much better people.
Buddha talked a lot about satisfaction, about how to be satisfied. It's a very delicate subject because it's very easy to take it as, um, I always think of a cocker spaniel, the way they lie down with their paws up and um, surrender to everything and everyone, um, willing to be walked on. But true satisfaction is about how to face what's really happening with a flexible mind. When we sit, we accept. When we're driving the car and somebody cuts in front of us, quick, and it's a different kind of mind kind of poison of of anger. And yet it's really only a matter of, of being able to see how things work and being patient enough to um, train ourselves how to see and how to be. I don't have to get mad at the fellow who cuts in front of me. There are all kinds of different ways of seeing that very situation. And actually, every situation that we're in in our life is like that. There are many, many different ways of looking at each, each occasion. Much of our automatic reaction is about survival. I think these days we're all thinking a lot about survival. It's become a very big subject. And it's easier to see how our reactions are are often based on that. It's not so easy to see that often that's a mistake. My favorite example is the um, siege of Leningrad when there was no way to get any kind of supplies, food or, or warmth, Everything was shut off. And this whole city of people began in the freezing cold of the Russian winter to die. And some people went to bed and got under the covers to stay warm. And some people went out and got to work and did whatever they possibly could. to help the whole situation. The ones who went to bed died. Isn't that interesting?
and many of the ones who went to work survived. There's a very big teaching in that story. I met with a friend of mine yesterday who came up with a moral dilemma. In her church, the assistant um, priest and her husband offered to um, give her a deal on fixing up her kitchen floor. Her hus- the husband was a, a tile layer. And they said, oh, we will we'll help you. Um, and my friend thought, oh, well, then I can help them. That's, that's a nice exchange because they need the work and I've got the work to be done. So it was a completely mutual and full of loving kindness kind of relationship that, that started out that way. By the time it was over, um, it was a disaster. The tile layer actually replaced the tiles with much cheaper ones than she had meant to buy uh, that were ragged on the edges. So when he grouted them, everything is all a mess. And when she complained about it, he sent her another bill and said, you even owe me more money than than you've already paid me. And... um, it just got messier and messier and messier. And yesterday she was saying, what shall I do? I've got this other bill and and maybe they'll get me arrested if I don't pay it. And <laughs> she was very upset. And I was thinking then of all the different ways of reacting to that. You could get very, very exercised about it and very judgmental about it and figure out all kinds of really mean ways of of dealing with it. But often the best way of dealing with any situation between us is to give way. She's lost the friendship in the process of all of this. But she's stayed true. And she was realizing yesterday that she could continue to stay true and just keep faith with the situation, keep faith with herself, and um, not make a drama out of it. It's very hard not to make a drama sometimes. Very hard not to rise up in a kind of disturbed emotion, twirling around in the, in the excitement of it. The most telling story I know about this is um, 
what I heard on the radio, maybe you did too, uh, last week, I think, with Terry Gross, a woman who has written her um, memoirs of what it was like to be an adolescent in Auschwitz. Very, very touching. And one thing she said um, is, walks around with me. She said, as they were tattooing the number on her, she stood there at the age of 14, and she thought, this is an amazing situation. This is such an incredible and horrible and amazing situation. I must pay very close attention so I can tell about it when I get out. It's the same kind of mind as the ones in Leningrad who stayed out of bed. (coughs) The kind of mind of being willing to meet the situation as it is. Not as a doormat, but as something awake. That's what Buddha means. Buddha means awake. So satisfaction is a funny word in the in the sense of Auschwitz. You, you can't say she was happy to be there. Um, she knew how awful it was and what was happening. But she was willing, willing to be her situation with the widest and most generous kind of mind. Sometimes in sitting we, we um, achieve a kind of peace in, in a, a Zen metaphor it's like being a little boat in the middle of the ocean and all you can see for, for your whole view wherever you look it's just one big beautiful ocean from horizon to horizon very very peaceful But Dogen Zenji says that if you uh, examine it closely, the air and the sky, you see that there are worlds and worlds and worlds in them. In the sky, there's the world of spiders that actually fly all the way across the ocean. Butterflies do too. Albatrosses go out thousands of miles across the ocean, skimming the waves. And if you look inside the ocean, he says it's just palaces, huge palaces, where many, many, many different kinds of beings are living their life. In each drop of water, actually, there are many, many beings living their life. 
And so this willingness and agreeableness also has in it a, a necessity to to be willing to uh, know how little we know. And it's one of the wonders of, of continuing in life. If, if you think about it superficially, you'd think, well, at some time we would get it. We'd get everything that we needed anyway, and then we could just stop. But it's not like that. Worlds within worlds. And little by little, different worlds open up to us. So even very old people are still extremely interested in what's going to happen next and what that new thing is that never occurred to them before. It's carrying the mind of meditation into our everyday life. It's Thich Nhat Hanh's walking meditation where everything is included and everything is revealing itself. Revealing itself to our, our new mind our not-knowing mind. Not knowing, um, someone said, is most intimate. I used to think when I was um, first practicing how there must be an overall picture for all of this. There must be some way to to see it all and and to um, to live it all. But alas, we're so limited, and there isn't any all in that sense. Um, there's just moment by moment and piece by piece and breath by breath. We talk about upright sitting and in the same way we can talk about upright living. Just to stand up (coughs) and be present. And find a kind of enjoyment. Not in the sense that everything is lovely. It certainly wasn't lovely in Auschwitz or Leningrad. But things are the way they are. Coming and going.
So I think that's enough. Um, you must have some questions and comments. Yes. It's different in every situation. In her situation, she decided that she would pay the um, bill because it wasn't the second bill because it wasn't very much, and let them have the um, I don't know the points or whatever. However, that works with the balance of it, and just give way. Um, if it had been thousands of dollars, it probably would have been a different. It would have been a different situation. So it it depends. It it seems like um, in most situations, if we can gracefully give way and allow the other person um, enough margin, that it smells sweeter in the end. Um, It's a very good question, and that's what I meant about not being a doormat. Um, you have to take care of yourself. And and she had already taken care of herself by uh, cutting off her relationship with them um, and hiring somebody else to finish the job. So she was already okay. If she hadn't... I'm glad you brought it up, because it did sound like she was just um, disappearing herself. And that is not the point. Thank you. Yes? Um, I'm wondering in certain situations like Auschwitz, um, I've, I've heard that there are people who aren't awake, but who, for whatever reason, um, psychologically, they, I guess they cut off, you know, they just um, disassociate. Mm hmm. There's a big question about that uh, that often comes up in sitting groups about about that very thing, about how easy <coughs> it is to simply go away somewhere as, 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 just to cut off our attention so that we don't have to be overwhelmed by what's happening. And it's a psychotic state, actually, uh, and, and a big problem for people. Um, Many traumatized people in wars or in difficult childhoods have, have that proclivity all through the rest of their lives of cutting, shutting out rather than being present. Um, on the assumption that um, very painful, difficult situations are um, unbearable,
it seems to me that we never are able to take in everything um, and that if we try not to take in anything that we're doing uh, we're making a big mistake about our life um, that our life wants to live itself um, in its in its situation we are our world and if we dissociate ourselves from our world then then there's nothing it's it's like death so um, I'm thinking of the people I know who had very difficult childhoods and are still having, when they sit, find themselves going off into this never-never land um, that isn't sitting. That sitting is, is being here where we are and who we are, in this body, in this place. So... Um, I, I think it's I think that dissociation is is um, very temporarily helpful. <coughs> Maybe like going to bed in Leningrad after a long day's work, but then getting up again and going out and facing it, so it doesn't become a habitual uh, state of mind to be in. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you. Because actually, I was talking. They do, yes. So he was telling me about it and um, how intense it was for him to, to be there and meditate. And uh, so we were talking about, there were certain survivors there that he was talking to. And I was just thinking, how, how, can, you, how can you really be awake, you know, so to speak, in terms of wanting to be present um, for something like that? And I think that the answer that I heard you say, maybe The other thing about it is the um, the whole practice of, of compassion and and refuge. And if we make that the kind of foundation of our practice, then it's much easier to meet whatever is is our world. Um, if we're always defending ourselves and protecting ourselves, it's much harder. But with the the, the heart of compassion. Uh, and then we can meet others' pain um, without feeling obliterated by it. Yes? Um, I, you told us some, seemingly to me anyway, very wise things about um, our fundraising and various things as we're moving forward here. So I, now we're really ready to move forward, it looks like. <laughs> yes, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. And I was wondering what you might say about your experience in the process of moving into a home. I don't know if Chikoji was, you know, land and a highway of love or what it was that it got there, but or any other times when you, here we are remodeling a building, so without getting into holy wars over the color of the carpeting, whether it's, you know, got every single possible filament that it needs to have to avoid globalization. You know, you could get into very, very minute levels, but make sure that we're also getting people's input but getting things done yeah 
Very tricky. <laughs> when we moved in, I, I can't even use our experience um, <laughs> to help you. There were, there were 60 um, people living on that land and tucked back up into the hills in little huts and geodesic domes and cabins. It, um, and some of them were Vietnam vets who had not made it back. Um, and they were still in a very bad way. Um, they were drug-crazed hippies and runaway kids from all over the rest of USA. It was, it was a mess. And so we didn't have any aesthetic problems for a long time. We just had the human element to deal with. But uh, it, it was the best of all of Coben, my teacher's teachings. It, it was the one that I cherish the most because he he moved into that situation and he said it's all buddha we will all practice together and we did um it 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 was very difficult uh, but once we agreed that that's what we were going to do then it was okay um what, there were a lot of things to do. There was there, one time we had a meeting outside, and we were all sitting around um, on the porch, which was about this high off of the ground. And and one of the one of the denizens there said, um, "Look at all this glass. This place is a mess. Somebody should clean it up." And Coben just leaned down and started picking up all the pieces of glass. And um, it was like that the whole time. It wasn't that um, it, it was constant teaching going on to embrace the situation, but to um, Im- impose some kind of order on it at the same time, and not expect too much because um, it took a long, long time, and it may take a long time for you too. You don't have to do it all tomorrow. You know, it's taken a long time to get where you've gotten, so you can be patient. And if there's a disagreement, often you can just let it go until it comes down to something that everybody can, you know. Often disagreements work themselves out if if people don't push too hard. If everybody is adamant about one thing, then you can, you know, it, you, you can sense that. But it takes a lot of work. Working with people is the most difficult thing because we're so difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's why we're so interesting. <laughs> I wish you luck. It's a beautiful building. I can't wait to see it. Uh, that was a, a great fundraising letter and the picture that came with it. I really appreciated that a lot. It's great. Yes? No, no. The woman she was interviewing. I don't, Hannah, I think Hannah somebody. It's a brand new book in America. She published it in German, in Germany, and um, it was a tremendous bestseller there. And it's just come out in America. 
um, I'm sure Kepler's or some place would have it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ruth. Ruth Krugel? Kilgore. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. The name of the book is uh, Devil's <laughs> What is it? Devil's Arithmetic. Devil's Arithmetic. That's... Bravo, <laughs> bravo. bravo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squeezed it out, didn't we? <laughs> that's great. Well, that's an unforgettable title. Should we try? <laughs> Anything else? Oh, maybe it's time for the potluck. Oh, you have a question? <laughs> no. <laughs> then maybe it is time for the potluck. Um, enjoy. Enjoy.